One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Church Park District and uh, it's awesome to be in Florida again. I actually came straight from Nairobi, the capital of Kenya, and I was so welcomed by your amazing pastor, Justin Johnson. What an honor to be able to bring you the word of God this morning. I actually have a a, a little bit of a funny title today. If you want a title, I know there are always some very neat girls that want night notes. So if you have your notepad out, you should write down this title, A House Full of Laughter, because that is what I want to prophesy over you as a church. You should be a house full of laughter and joy. I think that the biggest difference between our faith and many other philosophies and religions in the world is that we are actually a joyful people. We're full of joy. And um, in Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And I don't know if you can remember how it was the first time you prayed a salvation prayer. I can. I'm not, you know, a guy that had the honor and what should we say, the privilege to grow up in church. But I remember when I prayed my salvation prayer, there was just a miracle that happened on my inside. There was an explosion with an inexpressible joy that was not, uh, you know, it was not that kind of a joy that I'd had or sensed before when I saw a good stand-up comedian or something like that. No, it was it was deeper and it came from deep on my inside. Uh, it came from my spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit connects with our spirit and when we draw from that well of salvation, there's always joy. So a house full of laughter. In Hebrews, in the New Testament, we read uh, where there is kind of a prophecy uh, through the author of Hebrew, and he speaks about the Son of God. God said about the Son. And in verse 8 in the first chapter, it says, about the Son, he says. And then in verse 9, it comes, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, and therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. And you see, Messiah means anointed, someone that is painted with oil, someone that was sent from God to restore mankind. It actually says here that uh, because Jesus loved righteousness and hated wickedness, you know, he came to forgive us our sins, right? He came to get rid of all that evil stuff. Uh, Because of that, God anointed him with the oil of joy. I don't know what kind of picture you have of Jesus and his disciples, but me personally, I think that he was laughing a lot. I don't know, there are all these icons with a very serious Jesus, right? But uh, I can see Jesus sitting around the campfire with the guys, you know, the disciples, and they are belly laughing, and they are laughing to tears. I think that is how Jesus moved about. And that is why he was so loved by the children, by the prostitutes, by the soldiers, by everyone except the religious elite, all right? The The very serious ones, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they couldn't stand him because he had such a joy about himself. And I think Christianity should be marked and stamped by joy. It says in Galatians, this is now Apostle Paul, he says in the, in the fifth chapter and the 22nd verse, 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc., etc. But you see, as a, as a natural result from us being filled with the Holy Spirit in salvation, you see, I was at a at a university once in Europe, at the Oslo University, and, and they asked me there, the students, atheists, you know, humanists, so what is the difference between a believer and a non-believer according to you? I said, well, according to me, that wouldn't really matter, right? But according to the Bible, it is someone has the Holy Spirit and someone doesn't have the Holy Spirit. We believe in a Trinity God. God the Father created the earth. He showed Himself through His Son. And then He comes to us to have fellowship with us through His Holy Spirit. And Paul says here that the fruit of the Spirit's indwelling is among many things joy. So we can have joy permanent. Joy that is not dependent on if I have a job at the time or if I'm going f through stressful times, but a joy that is not soulish. You see, our souls often ride a roller coaster, right? We feel and we, 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 we have all these feelings. I don't know if I'm in love. I don't know if I'm this. I don't know if I'm that. And, and, and that's not the type of joy I'm talking about. I'm talking about a permanent joy that is rooted in the wells of salvation, a permanent joy that comes from Jesus Christ and dwells inside of us permanently and wells up like a fountain. Okay, let me keep on going here. <laughs> it, let's now jump into the Old Testament and check out Father Abraham. I think you are all aware of Father Abraham. He was, he was a kind of a little crazy. You know, he had a great vision, so he changed his name from Abraham to Abraham, which means father of many nations. Even though he had no children. That's faith, isn't it? You proclaim something that you believe God has said about you, even though you don't have it. And um, in uh, Genesis chapter 17, uh, actually God says like this in verse 5, no longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham because I have made you a father of many nations. And then Abraham grows. Uh, he grows old. He becomes almost a hundred, and uh, Sarah ninety. I mean, she's past uh, <laughs> menstruation and menopause, and I don't know if we if we dare to talk about this in church. But Abraham, he, well, there was certainly no blue pills on the market at that at that time. But Abraham is probably past where he's having cozy times with his wife, and then an angel shows up and speaks. Right at his house in Genesis chapter 17 and talks to him. And, 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 and this, this angel speaks to both him and his wife in accordance with what God has already said. Um, I will bless her, Sarah, it says in Genesis chapter 17, so that she will be the mother of nations, kings of people. And then he says, Abraham fell face down. And he laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? And will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? I don't know if you can picture this right now, but Abraham is rolling on the ground <laughs> laughing because of the promise God has given him. Actually, um, it's, it's, it's actually so wonderful to see that Isaac, the promised son that then later came, Isaac's name, so 
The meaning of Isaac in Hebrew is laughter, or he will laugh, or, or uh, joy abundantly, it can also be translated. So if you dare to wait for the promise of God, that you see, God has promises for all of you. He, he, he has beautiful things for all of you. And if you dare to wait for the promise, you don't go ahead. You know, Abraham tried. He produced an Ishmael, as you know, with his slave girl, Hagar. Yeah, it was kind of a strange arrangement between him and his wife and the slave girl and, and, and Ishmael, yeah, what should we say, gave him grief and sorrow. But Isaac, the promised son, gave him laughter. And uh, Isaac represents in a way the promise of God, but also what's without strife, without effort that just comes to you. And I think God has such a promise for all of you. There is something that is promised to you over your life where you don't have to strive, where you don't have to work so hard, but where things come easy. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, right? So um, uh, let me go back to when then God came and spoke to Sarah, the wife. And actually, I just want to emphasize on this again. This is Genesis chapter 18. It says that, so Sarah laughed to herself. This is Genesis 18 verse 12. After I'm worn out my, and, and, and my Lord is old, I will now have this pleasure. All right. So Sarah laughed to herself. And, and then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Uh, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was afraid, it says here, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But God said, yes, you did laugh. And I think that when it comes to the promises of God, they can sometimes be so imaginable, Good. They can be, I mean, we think this is too good to be true. Does, you see, God has greater plans for you than, than actually you have for yourself. God has a greater thing for you, a wonderful thing for you that comes with his promise. So my first point today is there is a promise from God. And within that promise, there is laughter, joy. Number one, a promise from God. All right. Let me go on quick here and, and just read to you from Genesis chapter 21, verse 6. It says, Sarah said when she had had Isaac, God brought me laughter. And I would like to prophesy that over all of you Park District, okay? All of you people of this great community of believers. God has brought me laughter, Sarah said. And I think all of you will be able to say, God has brought me laughter. I don't know why I'm so happy, but there's just this God thing, this Jesus thing that gives me so much joy. Number two today, my second point is, it's a fixed fight, isn't it? A life with Christ is a fixed fight. You know, my father was a boxer and he taught me boxing early on and, and we watched a lot of boxing and he always said, well, this is a fixed fight. Uh, we're not going to watch this one because yeah, one of the fighters has been bribed uh, to lose and he's not really fighting, it's already fixed. But we know that in our walk with God, our lives are actually a fixed fight. God has won the victory. We stand upon the finished work of Jesus Christ on Calvary 2,000 years ago. We've been declared righteous. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It is a fixed fight. We know the outcome. We know that every devil, no matter how ugly he is, will be carried out on a stretcher with a broken nose bone once he's come into our ring, right? Jesus is in your ring corner, friend, and it's a fixed fight. Psalm 2 and 4 says like this, 
The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. What? Well, the enemies, the resistance, the things that may come up your way. It says that the Bible, God laughs. I know some of you can't even picture God laughing. And then I must say that there's something strange with your religion. <laughs> because if, if, if you can't see God belly laughing at the throne, you probably have a very religious, uh, pharisaistic view of God. God is a laughing God. God is the source of joy. And He's laughing at your resistance right now. He's laughing at your, uh, you know, your enemies, if I say so. You, you actually know that we have no enemies on this planet, right? Uh, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities, Ephesians 6 and 12 tells us. But still, whatever is coming your way, God is in control. It's a fixed fight. So whatever is happening to you, if you're hanging on the ropes right now, if you are down on the ground, you will stand up before they count to 10 over you. You will come off those ropes and you will win this match. Psalm 37 verse 13 says, But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows that their day is coming. Isn't this awesome? So can you see God right now sitting on his throne, clapping his hands, laughing, sh sharing you on? Come on, keep on fighting. Hold up your faith because I am with you and I know the outcome. All right. My point number three today is that joy and laughter is actually a good medicine. I don't know if you know, but you know people are taking pills for everything today, right? It's, I think it's the same here in Orlando as it is in Europe. I mean, we feel a little low, in with a pill, a glass of water, swallow it down. There's pills for everything. There's pills against depression. There's pills against this and that. And we, I mean, I don't want to make a fun of this. If you are struggling, of course, you are searching for answers and for help. But let me tell you, there is a medicine that the Bible tells us about, and it's found in Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 22, where it says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Could you hear that? You see, heart in the Bible stands for spirit. So your spirit the God piece of you, the one that connects with God, the one, you know, that piece of you that is eternal, that will go on to live with God, the real you, not the soul, not the body, but the real you, the heart of you uh, needs to be cheerful. And how does it become cheerful? Well, I can't make it be cheerful. No, it comes by the work of the Holy Spirit, right? So when the Holy Spirit comes into you, you have a well of salvation. And that's why your heart can be cheerful. And when your heart is full of joy, it's good medicine. Actually, I don't know if you know, but when we laugh, we release endorphins. Hmm? Check it out on, on the internet. And endorphins actually is uh, uh, the body's own, should we say, feel good um, medicine. I don't know, you know, I don't speak good enough of an English to explain this to you, but there's just something that is released when we laugh. 
Actually, if you look it up on internet, it is released when we laugh, when we make love, when we, what is it more, when we, when we look at other people that are cheerful. They actually uh, could be proven when they made these studies that senior citizens that were brought from the senior citizens home to parks to watch little children play had a massive dose of endorphins released in their bodies. So we respond to joy with a feel-good thing coming uh, through our bodies. And I, I can say a laughing person uh, generally will become a very old person. <laughs> I, I, I think a, a joyful and laughing person, uh, he becomes very old. He, he enjoys life. I was so happy to to actually read this uh, study from the World Health Organization that now a lot of 85-year-olds are, are enjoying good company. This was not the case a generation ago, but 85-year-olds go on travels together and enjoy one another's company. And, and, and actually, we are getting older in this world and healthier in this world. Well, we can thank science for that. We can, we can thank, you know, that we are eating better, exercising better and all that. But, but, you know, this study also showed that people with a belief in God, they were the happiest. So take this into consideration now. When you have a cheerful heart full of the Holy Spirit, you will grow old, very old, and be around to hunt and torment the devil for a very long time. I'm always telling the devil, I'm going to be around for you for a very long time. Get used to it because I'm going to preach the gospel until I'm 85 or 90 or maybe even a 120. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Okay, my point number four is laughter and joy attracts people and brings favor. Let me explain this to you. If you have a company, okay, if you smile, <laughs> you will have more customers, I'm telling you. If you have a uh, if you're working in a coffee shop or you're working in a restaurant, I know that's not a very relevant thing right now during the pandemic, right? But if you are dealing with clients in whatever it is, if you have a joy about yourself, that's like a magnet. You draw people into you. Everyone wants to work with a joyful person. Everyone wants to be in team with someone, you know, with someone that has a joy that comes out. So laughter and joy attracts people and brings favor. And I've seen that in my own life, that when I am full of life, full of joy, uh, my crowds grow. When I preach in Africa, they grow sometimes just because I'm happy, just because I'm full of joy. Uh, because, uh, you see, Jesus had that effect on people. He had a good news to the poor. He came with the gospel. The gospel is exciting, good news. And uh, Psalm 126, verse 2 and 3 tells us like this. This is about Israel. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. And then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Could you see this? I, I really want to bring this to you now. The people of Israel had mouths full with laughter. They had tongues that was, you know, uh, uh, our tongues with songs of joy. So that tongues just carried songs of joy. And, and the nation started to talk about the people of Israel. Why are they so happy? What, what is it that makes them so happy? And it was said among the nations. So there was a rumor among the nation that 
you know, this is a very happy people. Maybe we should try their God. Maybe we should try their faith because there's a, and I think if a church is a house full of laughter, you know, we don't really need to try so hard evangelizing and, you know, bribe people to come to church. It is a place where you want to be. It's a place of vibe. It's a place of energy. It's a, it's a, it's a place when people come in there, they are in a flow. They are in the zone. Or what does the surface say? They are tubed, right? They're, they are, they're experiencing something that they are never experiencing at any other institute in this society. Let me give this to you. I mean, we have so many different institutions, but the church should be a place of pure joy, a, a place where we long to come because it is a, a well for us to draw from. So I want to prophesy this over Park District. You should be a house full of laughter, a magnet on Orlando. Uh, you, you will attract people, just, just draw them in by this contagious joy, okay? And I really want to speak out over some business people right now. Try joy. You've tried everything. You've tried good marketing. You've spent a lot of money on, you know, your branding and you spent a lot of money on your products and you've spent a money on, on how to organize yourself. Try this simple little thing. Smile, okay? <laughs> Tell a joke. Be happy at work and you will see what will happen. I believe you're going to boom. I believe you're going to go places you've never been. My point number five today is Jesus came with life and joy. Uh, in John's Gospel, chap chapter 10 and verse 10, it says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, abundantly, overflowing. And you see, the Greek also says overflowing with joy. There's just a flow of joy. So you see, when Jesus comes, he comes with life and joy. Why do you think the Pharisees hated Jesus so much? Why do you think the Sadducees had, you know, we have this uh, African children's song. I don't want to be a fair, you see, because they are not fair, you see. I don't want to be a sad, you see, because they are sad, you see. But I want to be a disciple because a disciple is full of joy. And I'd like to give that to you today. Jesus came for you to have joy. You see, I know all of you have been there where you feel like you have to pep yourself. You, you, let me just watch a comedy or something so that I can feel a little better because life is, is just a misery right now. But I'm telling you, there is something better than a comedy. Getting into the Word of God in the morning, speak a little bit in tongues if you, if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you have experienced speaking in tongues, or, 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 or just lift your hands and worship, and just worship and focus on Jesus for a while. And there will be a flow coming from deep within of you that, that is just what Jesus brought to us. I have come so that may they may have life and have it to the full and overflow. Nehemiah in the Old Testament, chapter 8, verse 10, do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. He was prophesying here once they had, you know, built up the walls around Jerusalem and, and, and they were reinstituting the temple service and they were singing and they were dancing. And he said, so now eat this, you know, eat some sweets and, you know, 
Drink some good things and do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he was prophesying because it is really the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Messiah, the joy of Jesus that is our strength. Okay, let me end with some few testimonies. My life has not always been easy. Uh, for you that have met me before, you know that I didn't grow up in church and my mama was an alcoholic, my father was a gangster in and out of jail and I had 22 addresses or homes before I turned 18. Life was not easy. I was the, re you know, the rejected boy with the two plastic bags moving from home to home and very early on in my life I started with some very destructive things like I lied about everything, I, I liked violence and fought a lot and I was very self destructive too with a, a number of things but what I was looking for really was um, you know something to heal my wounds something to fill that void something to help me with that constant anxiety and depression that I was feeling on my inside and when Jesus was preached to me he filled that void he put something in there that was contagious. Something that, you know, people often say, and I really like to say this to you, well, um, the problem of, of the alcoholic is the alcohol. I always say, no. If you focus on the alcohol, you focus the wrong things because alcohol is just something that you take to numb yourself or, or, or deal with a, with a pain you have or, or a, how should we say, a wound that is open in your life. You see, I'm saying, well, this, go, this one is addicted to pills. No, the pills is not the problem. The problem is the void, uh, the wound, the pain. And if we can fix that, we don't need either of these things that was just mentioned, right? We need something inside of us that is our releaser of endorphins. We need something inside of us that is that good medicine. To live a healthy life is to live a life in Christ, with Christ, through Christ. That's a healthy life. Uh, I've done a number of crazy things, and one of them is that I... I've always wanted to preach gospel, you know, the gospel of Jesus where it was not allowed or where there was virgin ground. Or, and I once came to Istanbul, the capital of Turkey, and I had a big cultural, a big ex, uh, exchange cultural party in the middle of the city. And, and in the middle of that party with a lot of Muslim youth and Christian youth, I preached the gospel. And the police busted in on us. I was young. I was radical. The police busted in on us and they took me and they interrogated me. And then they brought me out to a dumpster behind Istanbul. This is a true story. <laughs> and um, one of the police officers, there were actually 15 of them. They stood around me. One of the police officers, he took out his gun of the holster. He did the mantle movement and he put his safety off and he put it to my head and he said, so what are you going to do about it? Hallelujah, boy. Hallelujah, Christian. We're going to shoot you right here and now. We'll dig a hole. There are no witnesses. All these people hate your type. You're the type that we hate. And I really thought, this is my last seconds on earth. He's going to shoot me right here and now. And, and I really thought, how do I want to go? How do I want to go? I've preached heaven for a number of years now. I believe that what Paul says in Philippians is right, that to live is Christ and death is just a gain. So this is what I whispered on my inside. If I'm going to die now, God, let me go happy. 
Let me go with a smile on my face. Let me meet you in your glory with laughter. That was all I was meditating upon when he had that cold steel against my head. And uh, so I closed my eyes and I said, let me go happy. And as soon as I said that, joy and laughter started welling up in my spirit. You know, you've probably been around some very weird Christians that have acted out and said they had Holy Ghost laughter and they acted very weird. This is not what I'm talking about now. I'm talking about something genuine that that works in situations when you have a gun to your head. All right. Something genuine because something started down here in me and just welled up and I couldn't stop it. I started laughing. I laughed tears. I laughed with genuine laughter. And he said something in Turkish, the guy that held the gun to my head, to his friends that I didn't understand. But then he said to me, are you crazy or what? Are you not afraid at all? And I just laughed. I couldn't even answer him. I just laughed. And then I just reached out my hand and took his gun and looked at his gun. And when I saw how tiny it was, I laughed again. <laughs> I said, I got so much bigger guns back home. And then I gave the gun back to him. And he looked at his friends and then he said in English, this guy is crazy. I can't have on my conscience to shoot a crazy guy. And then they just put down their things and went into the cars and drove off. And I stood there alone on a dumpster outside of Istanbul and couldn't stop laughing. I, I, I held on to a wall there and just laughed and laughed. And then I thought, Jesus, did I, what I, was I just saved by laughter? Was I just saved by joy? Isn't that a neat story? I was. And I walked home from that place. I walked back to the team just feeling, okay, God, you wanted me here a little longer. Let me continue to preach uh, joy, good news to the poor. So you see, joy can save you. Joy can do such an amazing thing inside of you. I know I preached a long time already, but I'm I feel like there's just something burning in my spirit as I come to you. Hey, One Church, Park District, listen to me, you beautiful community of believers. Your house is going to be filled with laughter. That's a prophecy. And your family and your marriage will be filled with laughter. Me and my wife, we made up our minds many years ago. We said, let's have fun around the breakfast table. Let's not be, you know, uh, depressed when we go off to work. Let's, no matter what it looks like, let's have fun around the dinner table. And you know, sometimes when things are just, you know, very hard, we're pressed by a number of things and stuff happens. I just go back to that promise we've made. And I, I start to chase my wife around the house and tickle her like crazy, throw her on the bed or something, just tickle her. Or, and I've done the same with the kids because I've made up my mind we are going to be a house full of laughter, a marriage full of laughter. I want my kids to laugh. I want us to smile because that's the greatest testimony to a dying, sin-sick world, a house full of laughter. And I'm prophesying this over you that, listen, when I prayed for you this morning, when I prayed for your church and for all of you this morning, I saw a tidal wave coming in and it lifted up, lifted up a boat from a rocky place. The boat was stuck among the rocks at a beach and that tidal wave came in and just lifted the boat and brought it out to open waters. 
And whatever you are stuck in right now, whatever it is, if you feel depressed, if you feel like you lost your business during COVID, or you feel like you've, you've gone through hell with family members or loved ones, or maybe you lost your wife or your husband. I don't know what you've gone through, my friend, but the Holy Spirit will come through the joy of salvation, through the well of salvation. He will come and He will lift your boat off the rocky places and it will be pushed out into open sea. You got so much ahead of you, my friend. There's so much waiting for you. There's so much joy. There's such a contagious thing from Jesus that wants to invade your life. Let me pray for all of you right now. huh? Why don't you lift up your heads and close your eyes and lift up the hands in front of you. And let me just ask that a wave of the Holy Spirit will come right through that screen right now, through that device that you're sitting in front. Huh? Let a wave of the Holy Spirit touch you, your heart, your soul, your very bones, your bone marrow. Huh? It will go into you. It will fill you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm releasing the power of the Holy Spirit and the joy of the Holy Spirit and the joy of salvation. Lift every boat that has gotten stuck in a rocky place. Make a tidal wave of the Spirit take that boat out to open sea. I bless each and every viewer and each and every listener in the name of Jesus Christ. And here comes a prophecy. Your business will prosper. You hear me? Yes, you will have clients coming in. They will come in like nails to a strong magnet, you know? I can just hear that sound. <laughs> and uh, you will have a wonderful life. God bless you and your wife and your husband and your relationships and your children. Thank you for letting me be with you this Sunday. I loved it. Hope you enjoyed it too.